Welcome, friends. It's Catherine Sidman, Sidco Cat, and this is my podcast. As a cannabis industry professional for the last decade, I have unique access to the experts, entrepreneurs, and enthusiasts who make this industry great. Join me and my guests as we dive into the people, processes, and products that make up this wild ecosystem of cannabis, psychedelics, and emerging medicines. This interview checks all my boxes. We have science, we have girl power, we have cannabom energy, and we have the love of a plant and the stewards of it. I've gotten to see Jill demonstrate the Orange Photonics Light Lab at a couple of shows and a Good Life Gang event in Miami. It's a hoot to walk up to a dab bar, hand off a sample to Jill for analysis, take a dab, and by the time you're done exhaling, have an actual potency number. But this little orange pelican case is more than a party trick. The Light Lab makes in-house QC approachable at a reasonable price with low technical requirements. I'll let Jill tell you about the box. I'll tell you about Jill. Like so many of my colleagues in the space, she had a career in full swing when an opportunity in cannabis presented itself and she jumped in with both feet. For me, the transition from electronics, aerospace, and pharma to cannabis is one of the seminal events in my life. In terms of my career growth, personal relationships, and overall outlook on life, there are very few other moves that have had such an impact on me. Coming into cannabis when I did was a once in a lifetime opportunity. How often is there really anything that exciting or new? Being here in this space for the sunset of prohibition of this plant is an honor. Even with the mixed bag that has been the regulated industry, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I'm not going to lie, my friends. My experiences over the last few years of industry growth have left me a little salty, a little jaded. I kind of feel like a chalky diamond at this point. My crystal structure is there, but something is in the lattice and it just isn't growing right. Sure, you can sell it, but people know it isn't what it could be. Did you get the Medusa reference? Anyway, Jill reminded me, both in the conversation and our real-life offline conversations, how exciting it is to have a tool that's useful to customers whose products you love. It's exciting to serve this market because we are our customers' customers. Gals like me and Jill have been in lots of labs, universities, hospitals, research facilities. We've sold a lot of equipment and consumables. We've been of service to science and some of it has even been interesting. But we both found a home right here in cannabis. It's the plant, of course, but without the stewards of it, without the farmers and processors, what sort of relationship could we have? Helping those who toil to provide access is my favorite. It's Jill's favorite. It'll be your favorite too. And now, let's chat with Jill Carrero from Orange Photonics. got you I told you the camera spanked me yet again so how's it going how's life oh like uh, you know what behind you thank you you know my grandmother was an artist my grandmother painted that really is that That's something amazing. and she camera so I can see the painting better damn it <laughs> the resolution so she... no now I can't see myself can you see me obviously you can you, because you, you look just... like a glitchy weird version oh there of it you. is there it is so she yeah, she was a she was a an abstract artist um kind of started her career 
this is an interesting, you want to hear an interesting story about my grandma? I, I definitely want to hear an interesting story about your grandma. <laughs> so she and my grandfather were married. He uh, went off to fight in World War II, as you do. <laughs> and then there were no... Um, there were no men left and they lived in Oakland in the Bay area. And so okay. she went and applied as a draftsman drafts person. They didn't have drafts okay. women. They, they only had yeah. draftsmen. <laughs> yeah, I um, get it. I get it. And so she worked at the shipyards uh, and did drafting. And so she That's had awesome. quite a professional career. She was excellent at it and had an excellent career until the war ended. And then they just fired all the women <laughs> And we don't you know, have any needs for you, any need no. for you ladies anymore. Go back no. to what you were good at. So I'm she applied, that I she applied for a job at, um, and so she painted, you know, she's always an artist. So she painted and did uh-huh. her thing. And she, there was some renown in the seventies. Uh, she was, had an exhibition in the Smithsonian and, you know, occasionally would hit something interesting. Really? But she applied to this new company called Walt Disney, and they were looking for <laughs> artists, for animators. And she applied. You're she sent them amazing. samples. She did everything. And it was all by mail. It was all in writing. And she always signed her work, G. Brown. Her name was Gloria. And so she did all the stuff, and they said, we'd like to hire you. You're perfect. We're going to hire you to be an artist at this new company. And isn't this great? Here's your contract. Please fill it out. And, of course, she Fight filled out her team. contract. Uh, well, they had seen all her samples and everything, you know, it was all through yeah, the but mail. Not her body, not her person or anything. Not her voice, voice, not any of that. Yeah. And uh, she filled out the contract and she was so excited. And then they wrote her back. And I wish we had that letter. Like, it's something I wish she probably just tore it up and burned it. But um, yep. she they said, oh, we didn't realize you were a woman. We can't possibly hire you. <laughs> and it wasn't even Ooh. like stated in some sort of like nuanced way where we no longer need your services at this time. It was just straight up. Why didn't you tell us you were a woman? This was a huge waste of our time. <laughs> Man, the, the, blatant, the blatant disregard for any skill if you got the tits, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think, I mean, honestly, this dovetails into our conversation. I think we're so much better off now. I'm so optimistic about women in business. I'm in my personal life. I'm optimistic about it in my, my, my colleagues. I'm optimistic about it. I think cannabis is wide open for women and accepting of women. Do you think so? I think it's wide open as much as frankly, most industries are for the fierce women that I'm raising. Um, but I still believe that there's plenty, there's plenty of battle for us. I mean, I'll give you a, a, when the Me Too movement came out, right. I kind of looked back and went, holy shit. I think I got like three dozen of those stories. And and one to kind of, yeah, one to kind of compare to, I was in an early point in my career. I mean, this was probably about 15 years ago. Um, the employee standing next to me is also, he was the father of my four children after a couple of years, right? I ended up marrying mm-hmm. the guy, but I had a group of guys come up to the booth that we were working in. Mind you, I'm an engineer. I was the director of sales for this organization. Very, very good at my job, but I had a group of guys come up to the booth, look me up and down, no no less than a, an I-F-U-C-K, if you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and ask me very blatantly too. Now, can you ask any questions? Can you actually answer any questions, though? 
You know, the, let me let me start by answering that one. Well, <laughs> my 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 report my my retort was, can you can you ask any intelligent ones? Um, <laughs> and I think that's my my ex says that's what actually earned earned his love forever. But um, <sighs> yeah, I think it's still wait that, your some ex of that said, bullshit. Your ex said that's yeah, what was, earned his love forever. There's, yeah, there's was more my retort. <laughs> <laughs> what can um, I say? well he's my ex now right that was a long time ago but I mean yeah it comes down to um plenty of opportunity as long as you can understand that there's a certain population percentage that's not going to give you the respect that you deserve you're going to have to work a little bit harder and frankly when you look at the disproportionate amount of work that we have to do just societally to bring up kids. I know you can understand this cat. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah. I don't think it's balanced. I think it's, we have great opportunity here in cannabis for sure, but overall, like, yeah, we, we still got a lot of challenges as well. We still have a ways to go. We do. And it's yeah. true. You know what? We're already having the conversation, Jill. I haven't even introduced you because that's how we roll here. <laughs> introduce yeah, right? introduce yourself. Right in. Cause I have more, hey, I have hey. more. Introduce yourself. I am I, I am Jill Carrero. I am the VP of sales and marketing galore for Orange Photonics. We are an amazing company out of New London, New Hampshire. We make a technology called Light Lab. Uh, a lot of people call it the orange box. It's essentially a fit for purpose HPLC. Gives you amazing cannabinoid profile numbers without the cost and workflow of going through a lab. Um, we are essentially... Um, the solution for folks that want to get a pheno hunt done really affordably and effectively to big, big, big scale operators that want to understand how to do, really get their GMP game in line, right? It's a process analytic tool for the modern cannabis world. We were way ahead of our time. Five years ago, we came out of a, a you know, a, an amazing guy named Dylan Wilkes. He's a third generation spectroscopist. His grandfather's Portrait is a 50-foot mural on the wall of PitCon, if you've ever been to PitCon, which is a huge I've been to PitCon. And this is something that I just, I want to say to the industry. If you're listening to this from a cannabis perspective, I want you to know that there's a huge world of laboratory products out there. Look up PitCon. And PitCon is, PitCon is the laboratory products answer to MJ Biz Vegas once a year. It's the big dance. Like it. It's the big show. It right on the head, lady. And if you think, and it's about that size. I mean, it's multiple floors, multiple in a huge convention center in Pittsburgh, um, multiple floors, very, very big. It's like the size of PitCon and it's everything lab related anything lab. I mean, it looks a lot like an MJ biz now that I think about it, but five years ago it didn't. I mean, five years ago, there was no, there was no acceptance. I don't think really of cannabis broadly at any kind of like LPA. That's the laboratory products association, right? PitCon, any of that cannabis is still weird and like some of the people are like hey we're selling into it you know lab conco feels yeah, super edgy cool about ones, it right 
they're the they're the cool ones that are getting into it. And frankly, there's plenty that should have gotten into it, you know, six seven years ago, but didn't Damn. because they were gonna keep their they were gonna keep their nose clean about this dirty little industry that wasn't going anywhere. And and frankly, they're playing catch up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting space to be a purveyor of some pretty cool. You know, we call it democratized HPLC, right? It's the good work of like bringing bringing the stuff to to everybody that needs it. But it's so a it's third a generation. Thing. How do you become a third generation spectro? I mean, I, maybe it's easier to become yeah. a third generation spectroscopist than it is a first generation uh, one. At least you've got a head uh, yeah, start. I mean, how do you become a third generation? <laughs> you know, cannabis cultivator, right? Like you learn from the best. You're a good boy or a good girl and you listen to mom and dad. I mean, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's in the genes, right? And and (laughs) when you have an entrepreneurial spirit, right? The dude had an entrepreneurial spirit. He was inventing stuff since he was a kid and happened to love the plant as much as the rest of us do and was way ahead of it, right? was way ahead of it went, okay, I think I got something here. And we are still like on the forefront, dude. We are right at the front edge of every single thing that we need to kind of provide to the space. And we're pretty eager about the things that we don't even have yet that are coming. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's talk about the actual light lab. So the light lab is an, it's like a, um, a Pelican case, like a bigger than a briefcase, smaller than a suit smaller than a suitcase, very portable, like the size of a briefcase, but like thicker, taller, maybe. Yep, it's, it's a 13 pound box, right? Yeah. It's about, yeah, it, I carry it around with me. I have people scream across the airport. Hey lady with the orange case. I know it's in that box. <laughs> um, a, a lot, a lot of people think that it's carrying glass when I'm at, you know, amazing conferences sure. and shows. Sure, it's got what is called HPLC inside, though, right? And so this HPLC. is different. It's different. There's other, there are other products that have different technologies that do more of like an averaging, like they, you know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a chemist. I'm not technical enough to speak to this, but there are other, How nerdy do you want to get? Yeah. How nerdy do you want to get, Kat? I want it all. I want you to lay it on thick. So tell me, tell me what this is. Tell me what this is. And then tell me how it's different because there's, you know, for $1,200 or less than $2,000, I can get something. It's also called a color. I'm pretending. Yeah. We like all the colors. Yep. Nobody, there's Um, no green option yet though. What's up with that? (laughs) I think because everybody thought that was too obvious. Yeah, orange is way cooler. Orange is way cooler if anyone wants to argue with me. And by the way, we have a way cooler color story. Why are we called orange photonics? Why? Because it was the inventor's favorite color. Is there any better reason to pick a color? Right? No, yeah. I love it. So so, so really there's all other, right. chromatography, there's other chromatography. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me. Technology, technology, right? That's what it comes Mm -hmm. down to. You can look at the molecules, the cannabinoids and terpenes and all the good stuff, flavonoids, using different technologies. You could use really, really specific detailed ones that are really hard to use. And then you can scale that back, scale that back. The technology that a lab uses is chromatography, right? That's Mm -hmm. how we do all cannabinoid quantification through a laboratory. So this is essentially separation science a good analogy for it is this cat you basically imagine you know a group of students a whole big pack of students at the end of a a hallway right and that Mm -hmm. hallway is also packed with students it's a high school hallway and they've got to get to the other end of the hallway in eight minutes or so 
And over that eight minutes, you have some students that just fly right through that hallway. They have no business talking to the kids that are in the hallway. They're the nerdy kids, whatever. They don't want to, they don't want to spend any time. Then you've got certain folks that really are taking their time getting through their hallway, but everybody kind of takes different amounts of time to get down through that hallway that separates mm -hmm. out that pack. That's what's mm -hmm. happening in chromatography. So essentially we have a whole bunch of cannabinoids reach what's called a column. That's where all the mm -hmm. chromatography magic happens. Mm -hmm. And some cannabinoids, cannabinoids, they like right, go right through that column very, very quickly. That's like CBDA. Um, but then other cannabinoids, they take much longer time. But each cannabinoid has a very specific time of moving through that column. And that's one of the things that's measured is kind of that what we mm -hmm. call the mm -hmm. elution time, right? It's called elution time. So it's those peaks come across. What? How long does it take? And then it's it's about measuring each one of those peaks or each one of those cannabinoids separately. And that's what makes chromatography uniquely capable of getting really specific and really accurate at low levels to be able to specialize, especially, you know, differentiate different samples because you can look at in our, in our instrument, for example, 12 different cannabinoids down to 0.05% because you do this process of separating them. It's all mm -hmm. because of chromatography that you can get the numbers down like that. You can use just the, the latter portion of the detection that's called, you know, light spectroscopy. And that's what some of those other colored technologies oh, use. That yeah, was, yep, that's the one. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, you know, you talk to any, if I, you know, some of the folks from my, 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 my background, they would argue that the process of using light spectroscopy on any botanical uh, sample and without doing a whole bunch of validation around that specific sample set, it's nonsense. That said, I've seen people use, you know, that lots of different tools together to make the most of technology that's available, but there is definitely a limitation around of a couple percent maximum on, you know, other technologies that don't use chromatography where light lab and HPLC chromatography can get down to, we're talking like 0.05%, really, really low levels. And is it, is it both a, a quantitative and a qualitative analysis? Yeah. I mean, it's, it depends on how you want to use that information and certainly when we're talking about the hard numbers, people use this as a gut check, right? People are sending every sample that they ever work with through uh, a light lab before it goes to a laboratory because they're mm -hmm. catching mistakes that labs make. But mm -hmm. when you're talking about, you know, doing a pheno hunt and running 200 beautiful little babies, that's much mm -hmm. more of a kind of a qualitative perspective because you're understanding like, what do I want to take forward? What do I want to cull? What males am I going to use in my process as well to, you know, take my genetics forward and, and kind of fast forward that process. So tell me about used... a pheno hunt. Tell me about how you would use this for, for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about how you're collecting data and testing now and how that workflow can change because you have data ready for you in eight minutes, right? Light lab tests are, it's a 10 minute test, essentially. Mm -hmm. You do all the sample press and, and you do your test and you've got results in 10 minutes. Now, most people are running a pheno hunt and they're doing this, right? They, they, they do that first generation and they're doing basically, they're taking a look at plants, what's essentially worth taking forward. And maybe from there, you're going to have 10 or 20 
and maybe you're going to select three or four to take forward and you're going to test those three to three or four based on cost of testing and workflow and things like that. But you're going to do that at, you know, at a pretty developed state of the plant. Um, with a tool like LightLab, what you're doing is at three weeks, you're looking at 20, 30, 40 options. And so what mm. you're, you're taking a pipeline that's much bigger. You can understand mm -hmm. not just based on, wow, that's a really good looking plant. That feels like it's, I mean, we, we never, mm -hmm. never, mm -hmm. never underestimate the, the decades of gut instinctual tribal understanding and, and knowledge, horticultural understanding. I would never put that beside people that know plants, know plants, but right, right. when you have some data on stuff that you can't see, it really, really helps the bigger mm -hmm, picture. Mm -hmm. And so in a pretty competitive, you know, places in the world, when everyone's trying to bring the next one forward as fast as possible, when you can do it because you have access to data on 40 or 50 or a hundred plants, it's a lot better. It's a, it's a lot more um, informed decision-making, I guess is what I'm saying. For sure. And do you, so you can do flour and concentrates? Anything that's got cannabinoids in it, frankly. I mean, we, we, we say, oh, 10 so you, could, you could test me. I could, I bet if I like spat in there, you'd probably be able to find <laughs> a cannabinoid. I've actually made a joke about that. Like how much would you have just had to smoke and then spit in the tube to measure cannabinoids with light lab? Um, let's yeah, sit down, let's sit down and figure that out. Let's you and me, <laughs> <laughs> nothing but dabs and spit. And I feel you know like I like it. You know I like the white plan. paper about it. It'll be super yes. professional. <laughs> and I definitely can expense what we need to get that done. Oh, we can sure. expense. There you go. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, I mean anything about... that's got cannabinoids, anything from baby plants. I mean, we don't test seeds, right? But anything from okay. baby plants to nano emulsifications, right? And yeah. everything in between. But where tons of people have have lots of fun and value with it is in the extraction sciences, right? I know that's, mm -hmm. that's magic to your ears. I know my lady and, and it's that ability to like, yeah, it's, it's process analytics, babe. It's the ability yeah. to like put some numbers where we never have measured stuff before and make improvements Absolutely. before we get done. <gasps> that's like, so that's this powerful. is where, this is where it starts making a lot of sense. So obviously this doesn't replace the mandatory testing that's required to get your product to market. You still have no to way. go through a third party test lab and you still have to do that. This would be useful in that relationship to kind of track what's coming back. You would have a calibrated analytical standard in your lab and you could kind of track what's coming back and you could challenge, hey, we test everything before you do. And our tests have always been within two or 3% of your tests. This one is wackadoodle. Like what's up? That, that and, number and in hard word state is a, is a half a percent. And I can tell you a number of stories where guys have definitely come back to me and gone, Jill, you got to hear this story where for three weeks straight, the lab was giving us six, seven points low. And it was only because of light lab and me holding their feet to their fire because we had it that, after six or you know six or seven rounds of tests that they said oh yeah actually we were off there because let's no. just say right now let's just start with everybody has gone back to their test lab and not like the results and you not liking the results isn't actionable on any sort of like concrete level but you having a spreadsheet available to say here's what we test here's what you test here's what we test here's what you test here's what we test here's what you test here's what we test here's what the other guy tests you want me as your customer? 
help me figure this out. Like that's a different conversation. And honestly, a much more fruitful and beneficial conversation is going to come from that because you have data, not just, I feel like my plants better than that. It's much less adversarial after just a moment. Frankly, we have lots of labs that tell customers to go and buy a light lab because they understand the value of that. It's the transparency in that relationship. Like everybody wants to bring our industry forward. And if ever, if we're not focused on the fact that more testing is coming down the pike and the, the better we are all at, at getting numbers that kind of are recognizable and and doing better quality screening, kind of moving, Mm -hmm. moving that forward, better off. It's going to be in the end game because we're not going to have mistakes being made. So while this wouldn't, offset the cost that you're already incurring having third-party testing, right? It will assist with kind of buttressing that relationship with some data on this end. I think of all the places, because this is the challenge in a cannabis lab right now, is there's the margins are becoming razor thin. So somebody's going to say, Kat, why am I spending 15 grand on an orange box when I really can't afford anything right now? You're doing it because it's going to tell you. What if you're doing, let's say, um, passes and distillation, right? Don't you want to know? When you do that second pass and it takes you however many hours it takes you, don't you want to know how many points that bumped up your distillate? Don't you want to know if that was really worth your time? Don't you want to know if you're leaving stuff behind? What if you found out that doing a third pass increased increased your potency enough that it was paying for itself and making more money and you were making more money on every bit of biomass? It's like these are the places where... Um, cannabis businesses have gotten to today, you know, and we look, you can look back, you can look back, um, let's say 15 years, which is generous. It's probably, uh, maybe it's more than that in some areas. It's far less than that in other areas. But if you look at how sort of BHO was started, it was an answer to the trim problem. Like everybody had too much trim and there was nothing you could do with it. What are you going to do with all this trim? Some guy, I mean, somebody figured out BHO, right? And Damn so BHO right. I mean, starts, at, BHO starts happening. Now, same thing. <laughs> it's a, it's, you know, it's coming from, because I've worked at places where there was a guy on staff and everybody has this story. There's a guy whose full-time job it was to drive trash bags of trim to different dumps, like different County dumps so that nobody could find out how much he was actually throwing away at any given time. You know what I mean? Cause if you put it all in one dump, it was too much and too stinky. Um, can't, at the can't dump, dump you all could that smell it. bank in one place. Yep. <laughs> Not at the dump. So, so like the trim was a problem. So all of a sudden people get into business making extracts on trim that they're either somebody's paying them to take or happy that they take, or they're buying at a really low price or whatever. And innovation made it. Well, now we're at a point. I remember the first time somebody said we did a full nug run. I was like, why would you do that? (laughs) When you can get trim for practically free, why would you take that beautiful flower and do that? And, And now that's just standard, right? Yep. Well, and we still have a trim problem. Mother, necessity is the mother of invention, right? right? So, so the but we've gotten to a place where we're using the highest quality inputs. You know, we're using all bud. We're using the highest quality inputs and we're making a product. I was just in Oklahoma and I know that that market is very different from other markets, but it was very common to see uh, $10 grams, 
10 grams for a hundred dollars, 14 grams. I, I said to somebody oh. in shock, I said, I just passed a sign at that dispensary and it said 10 grams for a hundred dollars. And they said, it's 14 grams for a hundred dollars at our dispensary. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> like you're killing me. One, I, saw, I saw a guy once out on the street that he had just a sign that said free weed. Mm. <laughs> that I said, the market's that bad the market's <laughs> that bad whatever they got to do to get you in the door man he'll he, he makes more in tips than he would if he was selling the weed so so because of that because of these constraints data is even more important i think like uh, the first thing you learn when you do any kind of lean manufacturing is you can't improve what you don't measure you, you know if you lady. don't if you don't measure it, you can't improvement. So n- improve it. So knowing all the way down, what if you knew, and maybe you have an incoming COA on the flower that you use. So you have an incoming COA on the flower that you use that says it's, you know, 21% THC, let's say. Verify that on your light Step lab. Step one. Right? That's one Step of our, one. That's, that's one of our key SOPs that we offer everybody. Yeah. For sure. So low low hanging it. fruit. Yep. Do your first pass check everything. What if we checked everything? What if we checked, what if we analyze, I don't know if you could do this, but maybe you could, I mean, we could analyze, um, what's left over in media after it's run, right? Filtration media. We have a, we have a workflow that you push a button that says test the raf and it, it, it walks you through exactly how to test that. You better believe it. You said raffinate and I think that's hot. Is that the, is, is, should I say raffinate? I know we had a, we actually had a poll not too long ago. We're like, is this a ridiculous term to still be using or should we? That's what Dr. McKay calls it. Yes, Dr. McKay does say that, which is why we, we use it as well. So we're And the raffinate, the raffinate is what's left over after you filter, Right. That's right. That's right. So when you make coffee, this is how Dr. McKay taught it to me. When you make coffee, what's the spent grounds are raffinate. Is that right? Okay. That's right. That's right. So what are the other important to understand if you're like measuring 5% left on that, 2% left on that, 8% on that. It's really important to look at that and go, man, I've always noticed that some parts are darker than lighter. You know, actually Dr. McKay has provided me with data on dark versus light spent material raffinate that shows nearly a 10 point TA or CBD difference in those mm. two, because there was just such distinct channeling that, you know, it can happen, right? If you're not, and what if you don't know that you run your column, you run your column the way you run your column and you just get less yield. Well, just yeah. get less yield. That's a, that that's a, well, as a death nail to the business, right? So, yep. so tell me throughout the process, where would be places where people would sample and, and use the light lab? I mean, again, if we're talking about extraction alone, you started with that, you start with that, that first, the, the biomass, understanding how much cannabinoids you have and taking that all the way through distillation, winterization, looking at the oleoresin, looking at your distillate, looking at all spent material byproducts, understanding what you're going to do with all that byproduct too. That's pretty important because especially in modern industry, you're, you're making different products sometimes for different purpose and understanding mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. different product byproduct. It's kind of what you just mentioned um, before. It's about making sure that you're making the most of what you start with. And so measuring all the way through to finished product. I mean, we have folks that are, 
implementing pretty solid programs of quality screening, I'm happy to say, right? They're doing much mm -hmm. more than anyone is asking them to do to make sure that the product that they put on the shelf is better than, you know, it has to be. And that's especially when you're talking about, um, you know, solventless products and things like that. The amount of testing that is demanded in most markets versus what you can do. I mean, we all understand there's a big gap there, but it's pretty awesome to employ like just some tools to be able to develop new products too. That's what a lot of people find interesting with Light Lab. You're developing a new, you know, coated gummy line. The best way to get that done as an OEM is with a Light Lab. Like you're not going to mm -hmm. be sending those out for 150 bucks a test. That's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me some of the things when people, so you come to events, um, you've been to Good Life Gang events, go to all the shows. I love the Good Life Gang event is so much fun because people see you there. You're so welcoming. You're so inviting. I mean, people who don't know, know really quickly because you're just so warm and you love talking about this. But thank you, most, pe most people know what's going on in that orange suitcase. Um, people come and they'll bring you things and they'll just start pulling weed out of their pockets and handing yeah, it to Jill. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun, fun gig, man. I used to, I mean, if anyone, if you don't know me, I used to kind of do the same thing, but again, for pharmaceutical food agro scientists. So I was always like the stoner with the nerds. And now I'm like the nerdy girl with the stoners. I think we're all like kind of nerdy anyways, but yeah. yeah, it's a super cool place to be a lot of time because people come up. I get to test the greatest products. I usually get to share and sacrament in the, some of the greatest products and, and really enjoy pretty meaningful conversation. I mean, I've had people legit break down into tears right in front oh my of goodness. me because it's, yeah, it's, you know, cultivars that they had developed on their own. They had been growing it for 10 years, just home growers that they never sent anything to a lab. And that, that shit pops up at 31% and it looks beautiful. And it's got, it's got everything you thought it would be. I mean, I've had guys break into tears in front of me yeah. and be like crowds of people clapping, right? It's a real celebration when you can kind of see that come come together for a person. And I I honestly, I could not be happier to be a part of it a lot of the time. Um, and then we get to do these parties, right? Like being a part of the Good Life Gang parties and everything that folks that are at those kind of events want to be a part of for, for this industry. That is, I mean, I, I found my I, home. For hundred percent, hundred percent. And I tell this story all the time. I was in, um, also pharma, but selling equipment. So different side of pharma, but pharma electronics, aerospace, um, PitCon lab products, LPA, uh, all the same places you were. And, um, <laughs> then I got right. Then I go to my first, I mean, also fascinating, also fascinating. It was fascinating yeah. for me to find out that, you know, within, 20 miles or 10 miles of any big Pfizer production facility, there's always um, an egg facility. Like Pfizer has these places and who knew? I'm like, they said, oh, well, it's okay where we work until we get downwind of the, you know, uh, the egg production plant. I'm like, why are you where, cause I'm not from the Midwest, right? I'm from the West coast where like we keep our business and agriculture kind of separate. I'm like, why are there, why are you by a chicken farm where you're making these pharmaceutical medications? They're like, Oh, cause we need to get all the eggs and it has to be within 20 miles or it's too expensive because all the vaccines are, you know, cultured in egg albumin, and egg whites. Anyway, you learn interesting things, but I went to my Definitely. first high time, went to my first high time show and I'm like, 
these are my people. I'm never going back. Fuck pharma and aerospace. <laughs> these too. are my people. Okay, Jill, fast forward. Cause I'm like 11 years into cannabis. Oh, um, I went to my first psychedelic show and I'm like, fuck cannabis. They are so uptight. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> what? That was a cannabis. No? Right. Cannadelic in Miami. Cannadelic in Miami. <laughs> Cannadelic was great. What did you think? I, I enjoyed it very much too. I thought I was impressed by the level of science, by the level of readiness of people to take this forward. Um, yeah. And, and certainly the lessons that have been learned are going to be applied. You can, you can yeah. feel that in the room. Yeah. So yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. Well, somebody, I was just listening, uh, right before we jumped on, I was listening to a Instagram live with, um, Reggie from Oakland Hyphae and yeah. Uh, yeah, love Bob, them. I believe it's North America, Michael. I, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but they were talking about how functional mushrooms are kind of where CBD was five or six years ago. And I just thought, that's why we have to do better. Like we have, yeah. we have to do better in the rollout of functional mushrooms and not just make it like CBD infused pillowcases and bullshit yep. like that, that make, makes like, it look like snake oil. Let it turn into a joke. Exactly. And I couldn't agree yeah. more with that. And and yeah. we can do better. We can do a lot better again because the yeah. lessons have been learned, but let's see if the money falls where it needs to. Oh, it's always the money. It's always the it's money. Always and the money. You know, one of the one of the biggest challenges for me right now is I talk to clients, for example, you know, with carbon chemistry, we'll talk about implementing CRC, you know, and, and for big hemp processors, what would that look like? You know, removing some color, maybe remediating some material that might have some issues. And 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 there's this tension between um wanting to improve, knowing that they're leaving money on the table, knowing things aren't optimized, knowing they could do better and, and being reluctant to invest in this market. And I'll tell you the companies that are building organically, building slowly, putting the money back in the company, being willing to invest, being willing to level up. I feel like those are the ones that are going to be here next year. And if you're scared yeah. to invest in yourself, how do we stay in business? Yeah. I mean, the, ability to continue to make like operational improvements it's it's a leap of faith thing i guess is what most people are, are kind of mm -hmm. still dealing with they look backwards and they go but 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 if you're looking forward you still have to consider that this is a business and it's much more mm -hmm. of a business in 2022 than it was in 2020 or than it was in 2018 and nobody can deny that mm -hmm. so we're not going mm -hmm. backwards here so mm -hmm. it's either take the opportunities that you have in the place where you are and understand that now is kind of the moment to do the best that we can and approach like a business. That's what we always say. It's like operational business decisions that every mm -hmm. other industry takes for granted, but cannabis just kind of puts the head in the sand to, and it it's leaving money on the table. It's kind of right. nuts. Right. Well, and I think that that's a huge part of it. And, and as we look towards GMP, as we look towards any sort of like big boy business, you know, where we really are. And, and I, a lot of people throw around GMP and I'll just tell you, I've been in very few facilities, even though they tell me we're all GMP, show me your quality manual. Like, don't show me fancy pictures of your equipment. 
I want to talk to your chief quality officer and I want to see your, I want to see your quality manual. And they're like, yeah. well, no, all of our equipment's GMP. We're GMP. Look, the floor is really clean. <laughs> like, that's not it, baby. That's not it. The what equipment is, is what like. Process, what are your processes to deal with real problems? Let's look at yeah. those protocols. Yeah. So, so that mindset, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for those levels of consulting services to really start coming on the scene in cannabis where people are talking about production efficiency, bottlenecks, um, straightening out those things and finding out where we're leaving the money, finding out where we're over processing. In other words, when we do the third wash, are we getting anything for a return on investment and for the lost solvent? Are we appreciably increasing our yield or is that a waste of a step? Are we leaving cannabinoids behind because we're not doing a second or a third wash? Like I can't tell, you know, and somebody will say, well, Kat, do you think I should do two or three? I don't know. Have you measured it in between? You tell me, should you do like, where's the data? Cause it's not what I think. What I think doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I could and be it wrong. Is, it's again, that trade off for the cost of getting the job done, right? We, we, yeah. you got to focus on, does it take you four hours to get the job done, but cost you 10% more than if it, you know, if you did it in three hours and, and what does that How mean cool. to your business over the weeks and months? And and to make yourself a resource, I feel like I feel like the light lab is a is a low barrier to entry start to making your business a resource to your customers. In other words, if you own, let's say, a hydro store in Humboldt and you have one of these and you tell your good customers, hey, I've got one of these. I'll do this a couple times a month for you. Bring something in. Let me do that for the next time you're in. Oh, you're in. You're showing me some flour. You want to do something fun? Let's test that shit. Let's just oh, try you it. Better believe we got not plenty only, of people that are running real businesses like that. Cat, really? Yeah. Not, not only are you providing additional services to your customer, they're potentially going to want to buy one of these. And I'm sure you have an affiliate program or distributors or however you work that. Tell tell me about that. Can people be a reseller? Do you have affiliate links? Do you do? You know, we're kickbacks? pretty we're pretty proud. We'll, we'll make it worth it and to anyone that can add value to relationships. And that's really what it comes down to us. Yeah. We provide a really, really high level of service and, you know, capacity to kind of help customers succeed. And we're all about earning that ROI. It is an investment. People want to spend, you know, big money on a light lab. We want to make them like have that money back in pocket in four months. That's our goal. Well, and um, you say big money and it is, I mean, it's significant, right? But it's yeah, also 20% yeah. of what, what a big HPLC would cost. You got it. And, and most people, again, they're, it's short money when you start adding up some simple dollars that most people are taking for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Like you do, again, you do a simple pheno hunt, you send out 50 samples and man, that costs you five grand. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You're not getting around that. Um, mm -hmm. And how, how much do you want to do that? And what, what piece of the business is that to you versus how, how many other things do you want to look at? You know, where are you um, in, in the competitive space and where do you want to be? Um, that's really where, where light lab comes into play, but people spend, you know, three grand a month on testing and they don't have to because they think they have to, but they don't have to. Tell me some of the ways, have you done much edible testing in the field? Have people brought you edibles to test? I'm really curious about the, some surprises that you may have uncovered in people's edibles. Uh, I would, man, we, we uncover some, I can't tell you how many carts I've bought from from dispensaries that were not labeled correctly, my dear, it's it's kind of shocking. 
Um, but when it gets to edibles, it's kind of the most unique application for Light Lab because it always comes down to extraction chemistry, right? You don't just shoot an edible or shoot concentrate. There's no gummy bar. bear slot. You don't have like a that, little drawer it, that opens that you put your gummy yeah, bear in no, and shut the drawer. You're always like pulling the cannabinoids off the sample and then shooting that extracted cannabinoid solvent into Light Lab. So making sure that we do that process efficiently and repeatably is always like, it's always key to the, the whole quantified process. So with gummies, some gummies, we can do no brainer, but other gummies, because everyone formulates their gummies different. We have to do a little bit of good validation. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer to folks that understand why, but you'd have to basically take light lab results, compare them to a laboratory's results to say, okay, I want to use this to do quality screening on all of my infused gummies that are made under this crazy formulation or this caramel or, you know, it takes a lot more work essentially to use it in that format. But mm -hmm. for a coated gummy, for example, that's mm -hmm. a no brainer mm -hmm. for light lab, right? Because it's a different okay. chemistry, right? We can get Got right it. to those cannabinoids. It's, it's just a different, it's a little bit nuanced difference of the application but it makes all the difference to how we can just roll it out so you just you basically sure. take take a gummy chop it up mix it with some solvent put it on the shaker and then squirt some of that lovely solvent into light lab um, i was recently at uh, an oem gummy manufacturer down in florida uh, and they had c of a's on a line of gummies and there was a 20 percent spread across these gummies right and he from was like test he was labs? desperate from test labs four different test labs i mean he was like man and and they were kind of accepting it like that was that was okay and i've heard 10 percent is like no problem everyone's used to swallowing that that's that's pretty regularly reported but 20 percent, i was i was feeling for him so we just ran a bunch of them on light lab and he was he was dying because it was all within four percent i mean every single test oh, okay. and i was just Throwing it at Light Lab, testing this formulation, this formulation, different colors, different shapes, different everything. And he's like, man, I mean, that obviously we count them as a trusted customer at this point. It's, it's pretty right. exciting when, yeah, because I mean, that was a huge win. He was spending tons of money to get that job done and not actually trusting the numbers he was getting. Well, and what did we learn? We learned that the gummy process is because you have to liquefy the sample to send it in there. So liquefying a gummy um, and this is where you go back to your test lab and say, what is your SOP for doing edibles? What is your SOP? Because if you've been dealing with pectin gummies and you've been dissolving them a certain way and mine are non-pectin or fruit pectin or non-gelatin yep. or whatever, different kinds of gummy and mine are vegan. These are not vegan. I use honey. This uses sugar. Like these are all things that are part of the process. It's not to say that their testing was inaccurate, but their process was not repeatable uh, or consistent. And so developing Absolutely. that methodology, it's and this is what you have to do in-house PS, when you get your HPLC, it's not like you just start like putting weed in a hopper and your little Agilent device starts spitting out beautifully formatted COAs. It's not like that. Like there's a reason that chemists operate these in the wild. I mean, cannabis, one of the things I love so much about cannabis is you'll get a guy who only comes off the mountain once a month, but when he comes off the mountain, he's getting groceries for his family. 
equipment for and supplies for his grow. And he's getting reagents at Emerald Scientific for his HPLC that he's running off a generator in his <laughs> off the grid farm. Like that's badassery. And Absolutely. it's still organic chemistry and it requires a level of finesse to make it accurate. You know, and I, what, what, what I'm so impressed about, and you used a term when you introduced the light lab and you said, did you say selective? You said refined, uh, HPLC fit for purpose, fit for purpose. So this is not everything you can't test for everything. So we're not testing for heavy metals. We're not testing for pesticides. We're testing for cannabinoids. That's what we're doing. And that's why it's simpler. That's why it's smaller. That's why it's less expensive is it's target, a targeted approach to testing for these specific important things. You just hit it right on the head cat. Absolutely. And it's, it's one purpose in life is to give those numbers accurately, no matter where you get try to get those numbers from it. Um, Light Lab will tell you, I can't give you the numbers if it can't give you the numbers. That's what kind of HPLC it is, right? It doesn't take the chemist to tell you that. Light Lab tells you that because it's paying attention to the temperature of the air in the room and how much it's changed over the time that you're running the test. Because if it changes too much, your numbers aren't right. That takes a chemist Mm. in normal HPLC Mm. world. Light Lab does that work. It's the chemist. I love that. Jill, you are never at home. You are always traveling. You are a road warrior. Um, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm a little bit that, but I'm not like you, girl. Next level. Next level. Tell me where you're going next. What shows are on your radar for this year? What do you love? What do you not like? I'm on a mission, dude. That's what it all comes down to, right? We have we have a lot of folks to reach with a really important message. So that's why I'm doing it. Don't tell my four kids. Um, I, I miss them when I'm gone. That's for sure. I, I mean, next up, I have a pretty exciting trip coming, coming, uh, at the end of the month here to the glorious Emerald Triangle coming down the coast and making sure that I connect, um, firsthand with some of the most important legacy operators that this country certainly has to, has to offer me in terms of education and listening and learning and growing and laughing and smoking. And I'm super excited, um, to, you know, connect. And obviously after that, there's just, there's a gangbuster schedule ahead of us. We've got stuff going on in California. I am always excited to get up to the Canadian market. We have Lyft, uh, oh, Lyft, coming right? up. Is that Toronto? Yeah. That's in Toronto, and that's always a really, really awesome, awesome uh, event. Um, brings together lots of our Canadian folks and people that are interested in great science and great grows, and so that's awesome. But through the through the rest of the year, we have just a, a gangbuster scheduled. I think I've got like twenty four different events on the schedule this year already. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Well, I'm gonna see you when you come out for the Emerald Triangle. I'm gonna head on over. I'm about. Um, an hour and a half inland from there. I'm super excited. You waved me in to do some podcast recording with the guests. I'm stoked yeah. about it. And, um, you know, I've found, I don't know if you feel this way as well. Like it's great. You go to Canacon, you're in a booth, there's hundreds, thousands of people, whatever. Like it's good. It's okay. But the small targeted events have my heart like two oh, years yeah. ago, I want to go somewhere. So I'll go to Canacon. But then the way I make Canacon worthwhile to me is we'll host an after party. Carbon Chemistry will either host a pre-party or an after party because I want that targeted quality time. And we don't even have to talk about Carbon Chemistry. I want to dab with you. I want to eat with you. I want to talk about your business. I want to see your products. I want a tour of your lab. And if I feel like 
I can be helpful. I'm going to offer things. If you feel like that's helpful, you're going to take me up on it, but I want to know you. And I can't yeah. know people at MJ biz. I can't know people at an NCIA conference. It's useful for other yeah. things, but these small targeted events, like the one that you're hosting, what are some of the other companies that are involved with that? Uh, so we've mixer, got Hendricks Farms mixer. folks coming out. We've got Breeders Best, which is a great group of um, amazing plant scientists and, and patent attorneys that are going to help, you know, legacy farmers get a lockdown on their genetics and make make it so that they can compete with these big guys that, you know, don't really know maybe um, how to bring the best of the best forward from from years ago. So it's a it's a pretty amazing set of events that we've got going forward. And you know, I'm excited to have you. That's for sure. It's going to, I couldn't agree more, right? The pretense falls away when you are at these, uh, you know, other events after parties and you can just connect again over the mm -hmm. plant and the product mm -hmm. and get to know each other. And I have made already really quick friends in this industry. I'm pretty new around here. If you, if you can't get that vibe, but I have made some really, really um, great quick friends that, have come of those events and I hope I consider you one of them in you order do here, <laughs> no can I tell you that you blessed my socks off when we went to the good life gang event and you had a birthday present for me because that good life gang yeah. event in Miami was on my 50th birthday you okay the tote bag is what I carry all my stuff in when I go to my garden <laughs> my gardens across my property I use the tote bag that did you make that did you stamp those little oranges on there? I hand stamped those oranges baby. okay you know what kind I knew of mama you did I know you did. So I'm like, she either, she either did this herself or she got it from a friend who did it. And I'm about it. I'm about the community life. Um, but you, it was a tote bag. I use my or orange photonics mug. In fact, I had like a panic moment right before our podcast. I'm drinking tea here in a regular mug and I'm like, I should be using Ooh. Jill's mug, but it's in my car because I use it all the time. <laughs> but I, well, you know I'll what? take that. You know what it is, Jill? It's, um, Yes, I love the product. Yes, I think it's useful. Yes, I've seen in real life people get so stoked when they pull their concentrates or their flour out of their pocket. They have you test it. You're validating their test results. You're validating their good work. You're giving them something to, to go home with. I love the energy and excitement about it. But it's just a box. And you are, you are the one that makes it come alive. You are adding all your charisma and all of your knowledge um, and all raffinate illusion, all of your knowledge, <laughs> all of your charisma, all of your background in chemical engineering, pharmaceutical space, analytics, all of this stuff. And it's so approachable. Um, and I just love it. I'm for it, Jill. I'm for it. Oh man. Thank you. I couldn't be happier to, to be here. I, I really feel blessed. I honestly yeah. feel blessed. I know I'm not going anywhere for a very long time. I bleed orange at this point, but it's just, <laughs> we're just, we're lucky, man. We're lucky. Look what we get to do it. for a living. I know it. I had that same it's moment, Kat. I had that yes. same first moment where I walked into that first grow and I went, damn, this, this feels like pharma but black yeah. dogs on the radio and it smells like some of the best weed I've ever smelled in my life. I am a yeah. happy girl. Let's yeah. get nerdy. I mean, like this is it. This is it for yep. me. So yep. hello, cannabis industry. I'm Jill. Get used to seeing my face. I ain't going anywhere. How can people <laughs> be, how can people be in touch with you and light lab? You know, I love when people call me and text me at six zero three. 
573-9212, extension 705. That's how, how you talk to me, the Jill, or Jay Carrero at orangephotonics.com. Of course, we are all over the Instagram, Orange Photonics. We are on the intranets of things, and you can probably hunt me down personally on Instagram as well if you get really good at stalking. <laughs> Well, that's a challenge that I might have to take you up on. Um, Jill, I, we could do this for a long time and we're going to talk more when we see each other at the end of the month, but um, I just want to wish you all the best. I really think this product shows a good opportunity. It presents a value proposition to, to businesses that I love to my customers. It presents a value proposition to optimize your efficiencies, double check your test results, do your pheno hunt in a um, affordable way. Go in on this three ways. Go in on this three ways with with other with other farmers in your area, other processors. Share it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that can really change the game for local uh, cultivators and processors. So, check out orangephotonics.com meet my friend Jill. You're going to love her and um, get a light lap. I'm stoked about it. Hey, nice to talk with you, Kat. Have a great day, girl. You're the best. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Don't hang up yet. Hi, everyone. It's Kat here. I recently had such a great customer service experience, I had to share it with you. I was getting ready to attend the Extraction Expo with my podcast, and I literally had nothing. No business cards, table drape, no pop-up. Really nothing. Truthfully, I only had a very modest logo that my wonderful husband made for the show. It was great, but it didn't fit right on Instagram, and I just really didn't know how to work with it. I remembered being in Oklahoma City with Propane Jane during the first hash fight, and she had all of this cool swag. I asked her who she used, and she sent me to label my bud. I reached out to Ryan on September 13th. You guys. By September 25th, my table drape, pop-up banner, stickers two ways, and fantastic t-shirts in an assortment of sizes and colors were all shipped. And all of this was with my new fantastic logo that took the theme that my loving husband had designed and made something that I could really work with on various platforms. 12 days shipped. The best part is the whole package was under my very modest budget. I've worn a lot of logos to a lot of shows and it was so much fun to wear my own. This is the first time that I was in my own branded booth The level of engagement I had with people on the show floor was so much higher. My booth at a glance was completely understandable, and everyone knew what I was up to. I completely took that level of branding and polish for granted at the last couple of shows I went to. I thought if I was smiling behind a mic, it would just make sense to people. This was so much better. I'm absolutely a customer of Label My Bud for life. Ryan and his team of artists and production professionals took such good care of me and Jane. I know they will you too. Reach out to Label My Bud on Instagram or check out labelmybud.com. See why brands like Hashfight, Straight Organics, Buddy's Brand, and Native Made trust Label My Bud. For that matter, brands like Chat with Sidco Cat. 
Here's how much I appreciate Label My Bud. This isn't a paid advertisement. It's just me telling you that I got excellent service, and I think you will too. If you need slaps, t-shirts, booth decor, socks, lighters, packaging, and more, do yourself a favor and start with Label My Bud. You'll get all of the service with none of the green tax. Tell them cats sent you. 